1: And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app. Or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast. Hey, you guys. Uh, So, there's no new All-Star Celebrity Bowling today. Season 1 ended last week. Uh, We wrapped it up, 10 episodes, uh, with the Breaking Bad team. Uh, We will be back in a few months, so... It is coming back because I get to make those decisions, uh, and it's fun. I just like it. I like it a lot. Uh, so, but so in its place, um, we actually have a the Monday show on the Nurse Channel is going to be a show called the Realm of LARP, uh, which is an a fucking awesome uh, show about about a LARP. So, uh, and we're not making fun of it like other jerks do. We are celebrating it because it's awesome, uh, and the people are really sweet uh, who are on it. So, uh, Realm of LARP starts soon on the Nurse Channel on Monday. So, in so just as a, a placeholder today to put something up on the Monday, I stuck up a video of uh, Matt and Jonah and I when we were driving from Denver to Boulder uh, to do a, a live podcast, and Matt <laughs> breaks out into song. And it's amazing. So that's over at the Nerdist channel right now, youtube.com slash nerdist. I would like to thank GoToMyPC.com for sponsoring this episode of Nerdist Podcast. Uh, GoToMyPC by Citrix. If you want to be connected directly to your Mac or PC, that's great for you. But what if you're not at your computer? That is why you would use GoToMyPC. You can get it from your iPad and your iPhone, too. Literally all of your computer files are right in your hand or your phone. Or your feet, if you—I don't know how you operate your smartphone devices. I'm not saying you couldn't operate them with your feet, right? That your toes would work just fine on a capacitive touchscreen. So there's no reason why you couldn't use that and get all your files. Uh, you can work on any program or file or document and save it right to your mobile device. Uh, it just—it just gives you freedom, so you're not always computers basically force us to work like machines. And this just kind of opens you up and gives you access to everything you need. So go to MyPC.com today. Special 45-day free trial just for Nerdist listeners. Uh, Click the Try It Free button, enter the promo code Nerdist, and then you download the free app on your iPad or your iPhone. That's go to MyPC.com, try it free, promo code Nerdist. Uh, This episode is Ray Romano. I love Ray Romano. Uh, He's a guy that for years I thought was able to do uh, really fantastic family-oriented stand-up in a way that doesn't feel like, oh, it's bubblegummy. Like, I, I love Ray Romano. And we got him on this episode uh, with the guy who has been his touring partner for years and years and years, Tom Coltabiano, who also wrote on Everybody Loves Raymond. And then, I guess about a, 10 or 11 years ago, they shot the, they just recorded this tour sort of right at the height of uh, Everybody Loves Raymond fame. They went out and did a tour... Uh, across the uh, Florida and parts of the South of America. And uh, the documentary is called 95 Miles to Go, and uh, and it's super fun. So I, I recommend it. And I recommend... But not before you listen to this. I recommend this first. So here is the thing that I'm recommending. I am very biased because it's my thing. So is it all right that I'm biased for my own thing, Katie? You're just nodding. Yeah. Thank you. Everyone's going to think Katie is this weird alter ego that I made up. Yeah, just me and Katie hanging out tonight. Just silence. Right. Yeah, Katie, why don't you order the lamb? The sky's the limit tonight. Thank you, Katie Levine. Here's Nerdist Podcast episode number... oh, let's say 217. With Ray Romano and Tom Colbiano Two nice Italian boys.
0: Now entering Nerdist.com
1: So these microphones, you you kind of have to get up on them.
2: Yeah, no, I won't what? be sitting so like you know, that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm resting up <laughs> <laughs>
3: when we start.
1: This looks like a weird uh, trust exercise, We're trusting yeah. each other, where you have to share. It's a sharing well, exercise. Actually,
3: we got into a fight and we had to go to court, and they said this. Is and what this we have was to do. this was a court ordered. Yeah. yeah. Two weeks we have to live yeah, like you this. You just put it on your other ear and your inner. Ear. That's what I was telling
1: him. Oh my god, you guys! <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're Turn recording. Rapid. We He's, have started. We're on. I don't hear anything. This is it. Oh really? Yeah. You can't hear anything? I we're hear we're you. In. I hear it. Oh, oh, oh headphones. one channel then. I think it might just be one channel in those in those earbuds. Um, what
4: is it? Seriously, is this? These that's guys have started. to stand like this. Yeah, you know, it's awkward for everybody. Let's
1: take that chair over there. Listen, it's by order of the courts, Tom. Don't I don't know what to yeah, say. What? I mean, I'm not. How can I challenge their authority?
0: Why don't we, bring, we a sh- sh- bring? Yeah. Why don't we share? Sc- slide, yeah. slide down.
2: Slide down. Slide down.
0: Thanks.
2: Thanks. Is that because
1: Tom's here? It might be because Tom's here, but I don't yeah. want Tom to feel bad. But wait a minute. Tom is welcome. Oh, I like oh, that you've never is, had more than one guest. Like be, that's the theory. No, we've done it before. We've we done it before. Remember. They I just did. they just they just kind of crowd around there, Sometimes and then I we
3: assumed you've done it. Sometimes yeah. we'll take off and no one notices. It's great. And then yeah. and then <laughs> I take a nap underneath the table.
1: Matt will slowly just gingerly place his butt to just kiss Nick's shoulder. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, while Nick, don't worry about it, Nick. Everything's fine. Uh, and then uh, and then it's awkward for everybody. Butt kiss. But it's uh, it's really nice to have you here. I'm so thank you. It is a thrill to have you on the little <laughs> podcast. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you. I. I remember, I think the first time I ever saw you, we, we talk about, I always talk about the Young Comedian specials, and it was the one that you did with, I think, Kindler and Janine and Judd Apatow, yeah. and I think maybe Bill Bellamy. Bill Bellamy. Bill Bellamy yeah. and Dana Carvey was the host. Yeah, yeah, that's, was that, did they split up the hosts that year, or was that, did Dana just host that one?
2: No, he, he did the whole, he hosted the whole show. Yeah. It was in San Francisco. No, 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 it was in Arizona, I remember. Yeah, we were in Arizona.
1: Was it and, at the Tempe and, Improv? Um,
2: was it?
3: I'm ninety percent. No, sure. I think it was in a theater of some kind, wasn't it? Forty percent sure. It looks like a comic <laughs> club. I just actually you just dropped fifty percent. It's on HBO Go. You can stream all those young comedian specials on HBO now. Yeah. And like, uh, I, I watch it, and Dana comes out just doing pretty much every character from yeah. chopping broccoli. He just chopping, chopping broccoli, broccoli. Does the yeah. church lady starts with Garth? Starts with Garth, and then works his way into. Can the, I
1: tell you why that's a good idea? Because his job as the host is to work the audience into a frenzy. Oh yeah, they went they went apeshit. So that, yeah. that what
2: is, was uh, like seventeen years ago, maybe. I think Bill Bellamy is a father at the school now, at the school that my kids go to, and he looks exactly the same.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding.
3: I'm not kidding. He doesn't look like he's aged a second. He's Dressing the same too, huh? Yeah, yeah shoulder pads. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah.
1: like it's, his skin is is just like. It's just it's just like pottery. It's just beautifully painted.
2: Yes. And Judd Apatow was doing stand up then.
1: And yeah. I, I I feel like it was not that long after that that he did not do stand up anymore and then just kind of focused on writing.
2: Yeah, I didn't see him after that. We didn't I, I our paths never crossed until that. I, I don't think I had ever met him till then. And Janine Garofalo and then Kindler, of course, I know Kindler pretty good. He was on Raymond. He played a character on Raymond. And are we forgetting anybody? Was it wasn't Nick DiPaolo. was Nick? DiPaolo? Oh, I think maybe Nick DiPaolo yeah. was on too. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it was an amazing group of people, and and but I think um, right around that time is when the comedy bubble started to pop a little bit because I don't know if there were too many specials after that one.
2: Uh yeah, that probably had peaked already. The comedy boom. Yeah, um, that was. I I don't know. I I also did a half hour that came after that. I think I did an HBO half hour special. Yeah, that was was like 90. It was definitely after because I remember we were thinking of the uh, we were trying to come up with a name for the TV show when I was filming that one that was that's the one that was in San Francisco, the half hour. And I remember we were stuck on Everybody Loves Raymond for the pilot. We had shot the pilot. And I think it got picked up. And I was so tortured by the name Everybody Loves Raymond. (laughs) (laughs) And I I remember that's where I my manager was there and I was I was just obsessed with it and I was thinking about it It was in the green room whatever and Les Moonves had said Ray come up with a different title come up with a better title and we'll test it Because they loved everybody loves Raymond the name the title. So uh, I remember I I just scribbled on a piece of paper like seven alternate titles and I remember walking in my—I was in my dressing room, and my manager was in the agreement. I just went in the agreement, and I threw it at my manager, and he still has the little crumpled <laughs> piece of hair. And I—and it has where it has titles like um, Raymond's Tree, like <laughs> like the family tree, yeah. Uh, and then the one I like, um Raymond, U M, comma Raymond. <Yeah. laughs> Because my manager told me, whatever you do, make sure your name is still in the title. Because that was so, you know, for business reasons, it was very important for career reasons. And um, that's Raymond or all this crap. That's so Raymond. Yeah. That's so Raymond. What was the one? There was one that uh,
4: I thought. There goes Raymond. No, I don't know. I have. <laughs> it, it, by the way, I brought a book. Ray did a, we did a book on there Raymond. And there's a picture of that. Scribbled oh, you have piece that? of paper. Yeah, you yeah. Which it? Yeah. looks it looks like a mental patient is just trying to write just angrily out. like yeah, I will yeah, give yeah, you yeah. another well, fucking he was, title. He was so tortured by it because we we were in a hotel room in Vegas, remember? And what Les Moonves said to him is, Look, Ray, if it becomes a top ten show, then you can change
2: No, it. no, no. I said to him, I said less. And this was we, we didn't know anything, we didn't know anything about the show. And I said, Less. And I was kind of just just having fun with him, but I was saying less. This is going to be a top ten show, and I'm going to have to live with that title for the rest of my life. Uh, just trying to trying to appeal to him with humor. Sure, it wasn't going to be a top ten show, as far as whatever. And he said to me, "Ray, if it's a when it's a top, if it's ever a top ten show, you can change it to whatever you want." And like after year two, it was a top ten, and I said, "Hey Les, how about?" And he goes, "Well, you can't change it now. <laughs> 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 In two years, but I think Ray,
4: Ray's beef was as an insecure." Comedian, if the show sucks, which most shows sure. are terrible, so Ray wasn't like this is gonna be a great show. Ray's like it's probably gonna suck, and then everybody loves Raymond is just such a target
3: for every. Yeah. Well, single that's why well, Ellen didn't but even if
2: even if it doesn't suck, it's such a thing. Still people, a target t- to this sandwich. day. People use you know, well, not everybody loves Ray. Rain- you know, if I do a movie or something that nobody. Oh right. Loves, yeah. The the title came about. It's supposed. To, it was a sarcastic comment that my brother made in real life. Uh, my brother was a New York City police officer, and I was doing stand-up at the same time. And he would humorously uh, play up the 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 juxtaposition of the two careers, you know. And and you know he'd see an award I won or whatever or something. Uh, and he goes, "Look at Raymond." He goes, "Raymond goes to work and and he, people cheer, people clap." Everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> I go to work and people shoot at me and people hate me and spit at me. But everybody loves Raymond. And that got into the script. That got into the first draft of the script. It was that's the tone that it was meant. But nobody knows that.
1: Well everybody did, did, did does he, does he try to take credit for that now? Like I named that oh, show. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's he, he was single he's he was divorced. He's still divorced. And he was, you know, going on dating at the time and You know, he at first he was a little upset at the way he was being portrayed because Brad Garrett brought this, you know, what you know, he brought this hang doggy Eeyore kind of thing to it, (laughs) and that's not the way we wrote it, and that's not my brother. Uh, But Brad, it was magic, you know, we we were blessed that he brought that and lucky. And so he was like, My mother used to tell me, Raymond, why, why are you making the brother to be such a goofy. You know, Richard's getting teased at the precinct.
1: <laughs> oh, the, oh my God! Is it the, the fraternity of cops probably yeah. had a field day with that?
2: But after after the you know, I was telling, it's just a character. It's just a thing, and you know, being a single guy and and having this connection to the show and being the guy, it worked out well for him. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. everybody gets laid except me with yeah. fame.
4: By the way, Ray Ray's brother is so intense. He used to. Do you, do you know Tom Hertz, comedian Tom Hertz? He he he, he developed rules of engagement. Okay, gotcha, engagement, gotcha. Whatever. Oh yeah, oh, I do know Tom Hertz. Okay, yeah, so he's Tom, he's a,
1: he's a big showrunner. Right, right. Yes. So very funny
4: guy. But we all played on the improv team. The outfield was me, Ray, and Tom Hertz on the improv softball team. And then Ray's brother had a team, and so he brought a lot of comedians over to the softball game. And so Ray's brother would be like. Raymond, we're down five runs, and your fucking friends are doing nothing but making jokes. And, and Raymond, <laughs> they're comedians, Richard. What do you want them to do? We're playing softball, you know.
2: Yeah, he's intense.
1: <laughs> is, 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 does he have any? Does he have any awareness at all? Like, is he kind of? Is it intense? Oh, funny? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's it?
2: funny. He, he's he's dry too, and he's he's since retired. You know, he did twenty years on the on the force, and he wrote a script of. Of course, he started to write a script, and <laughs> uh, which I was like, "Oh no, this is uh, the last thing I want." But I mean, to his credit, he got a movie made. The movie is be- in uh, post production right now. He, there, wow. some woman raised eight hundred thousand dollars, and and he made it in Florida. And he's only three movies yeah. behind you.
4: <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but he's not in the business. And
4: now now, now he's ahead of me. By the way, they, they, I just remembered this story. Ray, well, you know the Upfronts. Yeah. Time. So Ray's there at the Upfronts, and it's limo and all this stuff. And we're down in the village, and out walks. Ray's brother, in real life, is on like a narcotics undercover thing. And he comes out dressed like a home. Remember this? Because Royce took an amazing
2: picture oh, yeah. of yeah, yeah. Here's
4: Ray, surrounded by limos, and here's Ray's brother, looking like a he homeless just, guy, <laughs> trying to, be... to catch drug addicts. No, they were drug-
2: catching... Um, you disagree with everything I say, Raymond. It's going to ca- hurt my feelings. There was there was these transvestite drug things Keep that talking. was going on. Yeah, yeah. And he happened to be at the place where we were going for the upfronts. And
4: it's an amazing yeah. photo though, because it's Ray surrounded by limos. And did that make the tabloids? Ray Romano's sure, no, brother lives know. in
1: poverty while Ray Romano lives high on the. No, he, he was, was on a. It was a, He was undercover. <laughs> yeah. Sure, he was undercover. Ray Romano's right. brother,
3: transvestite drug addict. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: when when, when, did, when did you? When did you start doing stand up?
2: Uh I started in um I was twenty three, the first time I ever went on stage. Uh so that's twenty one years ago. Um and but then I gave it up, you know, I, I did I did kinda well, then I bombed, gave it up for about a year, went back, same kind of thing happened. You know, after you bomb a couple of times you it scares the shit out of you know, you can by the way, you can, yeah. You can say oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, you can say bombing. <laughs> uh,
4: uh, <laughs> Do not say bombing, bombing
2: on the show. So I, I count my official beginning as probably like 85-ish or 84, around
1: there, maybe. What was the comedy I mean, landscape? No, no. Yeah.
4: yeah, maybe 83. Is about your first time at the improv or the co- that comic tape is 87?
1: No, the improv was the first yeah, time
4: yeah, ever yeah. on stage. Improv uh, in, in Manhattan that doesn't exist anymore.
1: Oh, yeah. A lot of those great improvs don't. I mean, like, there are still improvs around the country, but there was a there was a great club in Santa Monica and the one in yeah. New York and just all these.
4: Well, New York was the first. New York was 64. And it was amazing when it's
1: because they used to do shows till Tech, like three in the morning.
2: They say New York, that was the first club in the country. But, but the argument is that Pips was Pips in Brooklyn. Well, the first, yeah. I'm
1: just saying the improv back yeah. then. And so what was it, I mean, was there any sort of open mic scene at the time? Or was it just like yeah. you audition to get on to the stage at the improv and then that's no, a big deal? No, you
2: audition to become the late night, one of the late nighters. You, adi- you go on a Sunday, what happened was uh, you'd go on a Sunday and pick a number, uh, one Sunday a month, pick a number out of a hat uh, in the afternoon and the, they would give out 20 spots to go on that night. Uh, audition night and there would be 40 people there so 20 you know there'd be 20 blanks in the hat so uh, when I went this, this was the second time I tried I brought a girl with me that I used to that I worked with she wasn't a girlfriend she was just a friend and I said we'll both pick out of the hat I'll have a, a, twice as many twice a chance double the chance of getting a number but if you get picked the, there's a guy with a clipboard who wants to know your name for that night I said, you tell him if you pick a number and I don't, just tell him your name is Jackie Roberts because he's not going to remember. They're not going to remember at night. You know, this guy's just the clipboard guy. So I'll go on as Jackie Roberts. And an androgynous name could be guy, or woman. She picked the number. I drew a blank. So I had to go on that night as Jackie Roberts and I passed the audition, meaning <laughs> I got to come back <laughs> next month. But now I'm Jackie Roberts and I passed again and I became a late nighter for the first. Month maybe I was too afraid to tell him I'm not Jackie <laughs> Roberts. So I was Jackie Roberts for the first month of my career, and then I told her, "You know, that's just a stage name I was using, and I'm just going to go with my
1: real name." And now this other comedian Jackie Roberts <laughs> yeah. actually gained consciousness yeah. and has, has had a pretty a relatively good yeah. career. Good career, that's yeah. A,
2: that's a who writes those kind of scripts? The the guy who wrote a, a, adaptation. Oh, Charlie!
3: Charlie Charlie Kaufman. Yeah,
0: Yeah.
3: (laughs) everybody manifested another guy.
1: Did you guys? Oh, this is a whole. This is about to get off on a whole separate thing. Did you you guys do Raymond in Russia? Was that your story? No, No. Uh, that was was uh, Phil.
2: Phil Rosenthal. uh, It wasn't even Phil. Sony, who owned the rights to it for I don't know how that works, uh, was selling it to Russia. Russia was going to take our scripts and do them. To just translate them and do the scripts word for word, for word
1: sure know. because there's there's no more than just words yes. that, there's no cultural well, there's no structure of, of higher of family
4: by the way I I went to Warsaw into the series I went to Warsaw Poland and did Rules of Engagement in Warsaw Poland last November and they didn't have if you've ever seen Rules of Engagement they have a diner scene yeah. and the first day I'm walking in and there's no diner. There's like it looks like a nightclub instead of their daily diner where they have discussions. Sure. And, a- and so I I said, well, where's the diner? And they're like, well, this is the diner. And I said, but the it looks like a beautiful nightclub, and you're supposed to come in in the morning and talk about your day. And there's a lot of scenes where like Spade will come in and drop down on the in the booth and slide over. So I said, if nothing else, you have to have a booth. And they're like, there's no such thing as a booth <laughs> in Poland. So I had to I had to write an email to Rules of Engagement. The, to, to Tom and say, hey, can you get a PA to measure your booth and send it here? Send it to Warsaw, Poland. And their line producer started corresponding with me and saying, yeah, I don't know who you are. We can't send this information out. Like the <laughs> top secret, what a booth looks like information. And eventually they had to send it over to
1: Poland and we built like the first booth in I hope they oh. get the internet over there, because that yeah. would solve
3: literally everything. Like, a, well, what now you're now, saying now about that they have, have the booth, they could get the booth. <laughs> their economy turned around. <laughs> <so> There's <laughs> still <laughs> a plaque commemorating the first... They completely year.
1: changed their political structure.
3: Uh,
4: no, but what you're talking about with the cultural differences, like, it. Yeah. Phil Rosenthal went over there and did Everett Raymond in Russia, and it became a giant hit. And is it a hit? It's a, they 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 shot every episode we did, which was 210 episodes, and they're writing 60 new ones. So that's how big of a hit. So it then, is, are you guys going to so. do the Russian versions
1: again
3: when you are <laughs> yeah, yeah, here? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That documentary has so many like just really tense, awkward moments yeah. of just like you know Phil just trying to say what they should do, and then everyone just hating him.
4: Well, from the you 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 haven't seen it, Chris. That one I have not seen. Okay. I've seen your so, documentary. Arguably, I haven't so seen it yet. They, yeah. yeah. So in that one in exporting Raymond, if you want to learn about the business, it's, it's a great movie because Phil is constantly, Phil who knows what he's doing. Let's say he's an expert on everyone's Raymond there is nobody more expert than the guy that created and ran it for nine whoa, years.
2: Oh!
4: Other whoa. than... <laughs> <laughs> How about Raymond? What, you'll get a minute for rebuttal, Raymond. How about so, Raymond?
3: So... <laughs> but
4: the bottom line what is, you're watching... Jackie
3: Roberts from, over here. From, yeah, yeah, Jackie
4: Roberts. That guy, by the way, like, he had a great <laughs> act. But if you watch the movie, Phil is constantly giving advice... It's you consulting and saying, "Here's how I do the Chris Hardwick Nerdish Show." Sure. Yeah, okay, Chris, we'll handle it. Right, here, right, right. We right. know how to run. And so Phil's constantly getting kicked in the balls. So that's yeah. what you were... So yeah, On yeah. the outside, it's great because he's. It's, like, a, it's
3: it's a really it could have been a, a Christopher Guest movie like of just how it just everything sat and like yeah. just because maybe you shouldn't and then they would like scoot chairs away from him. They just it was well, a they hated him by the end. They hated him. Yeah. I had
1: the opposite uh-huh. experience. In- I'm yeah. curious to know, going back to the other point, who Polish David Spade is.
4: Well, can I tell you? They also, th- I'm there for a month. It's I, I want to I wanna <laughs> get back to I want to get to our movie, movie eventually. But yeah. I'm I'm in Poland for a month, and uh, at the end you have a screening for the network executives, and they're they're really good. They were really on the ball in Russia, and they say the for this last screening there are no such things as womanizers in Poland, and so. It just, that sounds crazy, right? I mean, men are kind of men yeah. everywhere. sure, Because they're yeah. all
3: womanizers, so, so yeah. <laughs> That's just the way they <laughs> yeah, are.
4: right. It equals out the curve. Uh. So uh, they're like, We're, I'm worried about that David Spade character. This is the president of the network
1: who's a smart guy. He and said, they literally just meant David Spade.
4: <laughs> 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 no, but they, had a, they, they ended up having a guy who was a famous actor who did a great job. He was phenomenal. But their bigger concern was culturally there aren't a lot of womanizers.
2: That's because there's no booth.
4: <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> supposed to move in, in on her when you have to yeah. exit, over.
3: But we solved that problem. Excellent <laughs> yeah. call, that,
4: Excellent, outstanding. Yeah.
1: yeah, all of the uh, all the pickup artists are going to Warsaw, you guys. Yeah. Like yeah. that's yeah. that's where the action is. No one has yeah. been. to Yeah. This is an untapped yeah. vein. Right. And by the way, what was what, your take on the women
2: there? What Didn't sign you tell are you? you?
4: Yeah. The, uh, mm-hmm. What sign are you? They've never heard. Like the yeah the, yeah. the, the worst pickup artist from America goes over there. He's the king of the world. Uh and the women in Poland are stunningly attractive. Like uh, you, you know you know from doing stand up you know you yo the girls in Houston the girls yeah. in Montreal the girls here and then you get there it's kind of the same as any other population. Although I will say Montreal, Montreal has Montreal's great. Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in Poland I heard the same thing. I heard oh when you go to Warsaw it's going to be ma-. and sure enough like my interpreter was in very, very attractive, and the and the guys were saying like, "Thank God that there's just all these beautiful women because we're all very unattractive men." But it doesn't. Matter, <laughs> but there's no, you know. So it, it was, yeah. So they, 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 um, you know. Oh, well,
2: let me let me leave a message. Trip plan a trip to Poland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: Siri, tell wife going to Jersey Shore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, so by the way, Chris, you, so you saw the movie? I did see. it. Right? I did see the movie. Yeah, and it's so the movie was shot. Years T- ago. Ten years ago, eleven years ago, season five of Raymond. Yeah. yeah, so that's really season five is probably what I assume is about the time where you start to feel like the show's okay. We're on the air. We're not going to get canceled. You're just probably starting to feel comfortable at that point.
2: Uh as far as not getting canceled, we kind of knew in year three probably that we were pretty safe. But we I were, think we were, yeah, but we you can
4: breathe. You, you know, it's it's Hollywood, so. Sh- Shit happens quickly, yeah. and like I'm the greatest. But dude. it was rolling the
2: train. Yeah, yeah, the wheels. We were we were rolling down the track in season five. Yeah, everything was moving full I, steam.
1: I always wonder how you keep a show like that. I mean, I, I you know ensemble casts are, I think make make a show. Yeah, and I think a lot of you know especially during the the hey let's make stand ups uh sitcoms in the 90s that that whole thing which you did obviously beautifully, but a lot of comics would get shows. And then they just want it to be the only focus of the show and not really have a like a great supporting. It almost felt like keeping a band together for that long. So how do you keep a band of actors who all have their own sets of baggage and egos and like, oh, well, now maybe we're famous, too. Like, how do you keep a show like that intact for so long? Money.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um,
2: Everybody, you know. The the biggest stars were the parents. There was Doris Roberts and Peter Boyle. At, yeah.
4: the, at the biggest stars when the show when the show started. Began. Yeah, uh,
2: uh, I was an unknown. Brad was an unknown. Patty had had done enough more than us, but um, we were you know I was just happy to freaking do anything, anything you know. And and I was nervous as hell. I'm working with Peter Boyle and this and that, so I was happy to just to just be there. Um, having said that, you know. When it does become a success, it's business. It's business, and and actors, you know, they want to get what they think they deserve. The network's making money. I make. I start making a crazy amount of money. They want to get money, too, and I don't hold that against them. And, you know, there was some renegotiating stuff. There was a couple of tense uh, times, you know, where people felt they weren't getting enough, but it, it kind of all worked out. But I don't, you know, I, I just feel like that's, that's par for the course. That's just the way any successful show but, goes. But you know? I think
4: to Ray is a nice guy, you know, fuck, and so he's you and those two guys. <laughs> right. Don't <laughs> that blame. I Do agree with He's him. just saying what we're all thinking. Yeah, yeah, By the yeah. way, we gotta get a picture of these guys it's like I, I love this. It's like a, a doo <laughs> team or something that's um <laughs> Ray and but Ray set the tone on the set. So Ray was never a prima donna. And Phil. Ray, Phil and Phil, Phil. Yeah, Phil, Phil and Ray yeah. together. It was just a set of people. So the financial stuff that Ray's talking about, it become, there, there becomes a point, just like with the Seinfeld guy, you know, it becomes a point where it's season six, seven, eight, and they're known as these characters, and their money is coming to an end. And they're kind of oddly like, you know, Jason Alexander kind of is known as George. A lot, uh, yeah. you know, for like he's—it's a kind of an albatross. Even though you have you pray ten years before the show comes about, what if I could put you on a hit sitcom? Oh, please, you sure, know, do it. So there is that money negotiation at the end where the network goes, basically, where are you going to go? And they're the the actors are going, can you please pay us some more? So it becomes towards the end this kind of tug of war. But as far as just personalities and on the set, yeah. great personalities. Was
2: great. Ne- there was never an issue there. Like like the only. Issue and it was it wasn't even that big was was negotiations yeah like but that's normal that's cash. the way it's supposed to be yeah well it's be, it, yeah.
4: it's weird because you're in a creative business and then it's also a business so you have right. this thing where it's negotiation time and now they say hey whoever actor you're terrible and we'll replace you in a second and there was one time where we really Brad was in negotiation and there, the call came down from CBS right Brad out of the show. really yeah so write him out so we had to go in the writer's room and take him out of this script for an episode for an episode episode, Because they're like he's oh they're trying to send a message they're sending a message see you later brad it's it's everybody loves raymond here's who we don't need anybody but it wasn't
2: but, but by the way none of those none of the cast members were expendable
4: no, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying that. I'm yeah. saying the business right. negotiation is. That's why you should name your show always your name. Well, uh, and that,
1: but that's because I, I started of say earlier is that that's why Ellen didn't name her sitcom Ellen to begin with because she was terrified that it was going to tank and then just drag her name in the mud with but it. But that's right.
4: everybody loves Raymond's fear. But it it is true. You know, you become the you fear
2: know, this, wasn't my show tanking. The fear was just people yeah taking using a as jam. a comic. First of all, the last thing you want to even think is that everybody loves you. Because the the thing that makes you become a stand-up comic is you think everyone hates you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes. and no one wants to watch a comedian yes. and talk about how every yeah so right. but, how popular
2: uh, and, and and I know and, it was done tongue in cheek and all that, but no one's one nobody knows know that yeah. at the beginning.
1: Well, you know from just from being a standup that no matter how ironic you think you're being, you think you're being, there is a percentage of people. They'll be like, why did you say that? Oh, yeah. They're like, no, well, it's a fucking joke. It was obviously a joke. Well, right. Like
3: like Louis C.K.'s album. Like, he calls his, his album hilarious. Yeah. And that's just kind of a, like a, just tempting people to yes, just say, right. well, this yes. is truly not. Hilarious.
1: I think it's always funny when you're negotiating, like when you get a job offer and you're negotiating, I, my, my manager and I have this joke that the the producers and the network will tell you that you're amazing and then turn you over to business affairs and then they will tell you why you're not necessary. And that's exactly <laughs> So it. that they can yeah, negotiate. Yeah. So it's this sort of weird, yeah. you're amazing, but not really. Yeah, there's a you're thousand amazing, like you You're amazing, but replaceable yeah, yeah. at the same time. And we also have this weird dynamic where it's, uh, we're weird about talking about money in our culture. Like you can talk about, you can talk about the lowest salaries and the highest salaries, but you can't talk about the like if you make minimum wage, you go I make like seven bucks an hour. Or in your case, when your salary is being published, everybody go Oh, he makes you know all this money per week. But if you make like a hundred thousand, it's a weird thing to talk about with people for some reason. It's only the lowest and the highest yeah. amounts.
4: Yeah, yeah. You mean it's off? I, I remember Neil. You know Neil Brennan. Yeah, very okay. well. So Neil. I remember I saw Neil at the Comedy Magic Club because Neil used to be, when I started, he was like handing out flyers at Boston Comedy Club in As New York As a teenager? City. Yeah, yeah, in New yeah. York City. Well, his brother, Kevin, was doing it yeah. for a while, but then he was there. And I ran into him at the Comedy Magic Club, I don't know, when, whenever it was now, five years ago or something. It's weird because all of a sudden you move to Hollywood and you can't, there's a potential to get a lot of money all of a sudden where mm-hmm. you don't even want to mention it to people. Like, there, there's, there's. I had a friend who sold a pilot and she's like, Tom, you're the only one I could call to share with not because I like you but because you're the only one who was earning a living so my
1: other friends wouldn't be jealous well you know? and it, and it's also yeah because even I, I'm sure there's you know as as a as a performer like when a friend of yours hits it big and you're struggling you are definitely happy for them but it's also that it's also a mirror where you're like, "Fuck, that's what I want," and I'm not there yet, and it like yeah. it, it just gets into your head. Well, it's weird with Ray's
4: success because we like even now, some people listening now will be like, "Hey, who's whoever the guy who's not Ray? Shut the fuck. <laughs> up, Let me hear Ray." <laughs> but you know, we we've been friends for so long, way before he was famous. So <laughs> he's just Ray, my friend. But then you see once he becomes crazy famous. The effect that it has on other people, you know, this weird, like, hmm. there's weird people who feel like they're entitled to, like,
1: I knew you when, so I'm entitled. Or they'll somehow. tell you that you have not. Then I'm not saying this has happened to me. It is definitely not. But, or I, what I assume happens is people go, "You've changed, man." And you're like, "I'm not doing that. I haven't done anything. Yeah. What did I do? Well,
2: well, well. I'm the 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 thing is, once you reach that certain point, everybody kind of wants to be there with you and you just don't have time for everybody so that's the one thing i had to learn was the 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 old saying is you can't please everybody all the time i mean you you there were you know as a comic you kind of as the way i am i don't want any confrontation i want to please everybody and the one thing i had to accept in this business when you reach a certain point is that ain't going to happen right you know you're going to disappoint some people and there's nothing you can do you got to accept it
4: and do uh, you feel uh, you were looked alarmed there,
1: Raymond, at the guy I walking by?
2: It looked like uh, I don't know
4: somebody.
1: Looked like a guy weeks ago. That guy. <laughs> I. I didn't see anyone walk by. <laughs> yeah.
4: I think by the way, nobody cares looking in here. I realize they see you like walking by this yeah. glass booth that we're in, like people mm-hmm. kinda like, Oh, that's Chris Hardwick and there's Ray Romano. I wonder what am I gonna have to Also, there's lunch, a
3: rule you? that if uh, if Seacrest wasn't here you can't make eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> He'll attack he you if you do. He that's
1: true, to, by the way. Yeah. He so, did
3: his, his show from here? His yeah, rating? and they built a whole new studio. Oh, oh, that's yeah. This
1: was the initial. Oh, I yeah. thought he owned the building, but no. he owns probably a large part <laughs> yeah. of the building.
3: He owns
4: the
0: town,
1: but it's uh yeah. But occasionally, you will see like Joan Rivers will walk by and wave it. You're like, oh, it's Joan Rivers, yeah. who still only flies out, who flies out from New York every week to do that fucking show. She's yeah. like 80 years old.
4: Yeah, that's uh, funny. By the way, just sorry off of what Ray was saying about like you learn you can't please anybody, yeah. and you you know you with with certain notoriety, all of a sudden someone's writing their request from let's say Ray, and it's like, can you speak at this charity? Can you speak and it's like he would like to speak at every charity, but there's a stack of all these equal for the same day, for example. like even, yeah. like I would have friends like I think Ray would play in this celebrity charity tournament for. Him. I'm like he probably would want to, but there's nine other offers and he also has a family and a life. but from their perspective, it's like it would kill him to do one.
1: oh thing? why do you hate sick kids Ray? Yeah. <laughs> You're against helping children. all right. I'm curious I would love I'm I wouldn't love to know what happens it because as a young comedian, you have this idea in your head of. Here's the thing that I want to achieve. Whether or not, how how specifically did you know what it was that you wanted to achieve? Did you know you just kind of wanted to be a bigger
2: stand up? I just wanted. Stand up. I just wanted to do
1: stand up. Okay, yeah. so you achieve, you know, like what almost very but very few people will ever achieve in terms of like making a name as a stand up. I mean, did it feel like what you thought it would feel like, or or how quickly did you kind of go? ah, fuck, this didn't solve all the problems I thought it was going to mm.
3: solve. God damn it. did fill that hole.
2: No, the hole is never filled.
1: I, I
4: thought th- he was making a request over here. I was afraid to <laughs> <he'd> turn around. <laughs> that should have been the name of like, it. I was like, and
2: fill that hole. The hole is never Finally, filled. that's the name of the next book. If I had write on the book, the hole is never filled. The hole is never filled. Fill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my days uh, as a strip club manager. I don't know. <laughs> I
1: think it sounds um. like Courtney loves biography.
2: See, what? because of her band. Um... But yeah, that's, it, it is a weird thing because you're getting all this stuff and you're getting adulation and all that. And you, and that's kind of subconsciously, that's why you're doing, you know, there's that need, there's that need that makes a person get up on stage and, and they want to be accepted and, and liked by everybody. And you're kind of getting it, but it, it you know, it doesn't end though. It doesn't end. I've said it before. One hug from my father, and I don't have to sit here and do (laughs) this shit. (laughs) Didn't he hug you Uh, once, ever? One time he hugged me, it was Uh, very odd.
3: Very, very He's been chasing that dragon ever since. It was was very uncomfortable. (laughs) Get back to that place, man. Yeah, it was uncomfortable. What was uncomfortable about it, though? Uh, Probably the nudity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well,
4: they they were step. I was just trying to set up a joke there, and you yeah.
3: guys were no. That's all right, but, um, but it still yeah, work. I don't, don't carry Sorry, I didn't mean to step on your guys. I feel, am I killing your sideline? By the way, no, no, no. It's two fine. Man I get to look at you too. But you guys are really
1: at the, in the documentary. You at the end of the at the end of the at the end of the movie, you're coming out together and fielding questions, and uh, and it's a totally different dynamic because you're playing off each other, and it's fun. It's 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 really fun in oh. in a way that I think stand up can be fun sometimes but not always because you're just like having another guy out there that's your buddy. And... I
4: think well, you refer. to so we we did a movie 95 right. miles to go. 95
1: miles to go it, about it, your tour, about my, Ray's tour.
4: By the way, that's a that's a that couldn't be more of an indie movie in the truest sense in that even though it's Ray a famous guy, it was literally we took a film <laughs> student.
2: It's so funny you're saying how how indie it is. Indie. My my brother, my younger brother said uh, what are you guys doing? This is when we, you were working on the extras. Right, right, right. The extras for the movie. And I go, well, I'm, I'm working with Tom. He's making extras for the movie. He goes, extras for me. He goes, the movie is an extra. <laughs> <laughs> I th-
4: I, actually, I think he said he's doing behind-the-scenes stuff. He's like, yeah. isn't the movie is fun? Yeah. yeah. Well, the, so we, we, it's actually a good story if you're doing kind of, if you want to do something yourself, right? So from the outside, it looks like, oh, Ray said, I want to make a documentary and it happened. And, at no, I was the opposite.
2: I said I don't, I don't want to make a documentary,
4: and it still had happened. happened. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah. Well, no, what happened? It, it, an interesting story in that we, I, I've been filming me and Ray on the road forever, and so one year I said, Ray, let's do it for real. So Ray's manager said, okay, let's get like the Spielberg of documentaries involved. So we have a conference call, and you know she says, okay, what are you guys doing? I said, well, we're going to fly to Miami, and then we're going to drive every city up to Atlanta and do a tour, and she said. This I is seen, the documentary woman. This is the documentary. Uh, not woman. my manager. Yeah, the, yeah, not the manager. Yeah. yeah, and so we know we're excited about it. We're gonna we're gonna make it. And she's like, I see no reason to shoot this <laughs> unless Ray gives birth to a child or walks on the moon. No one's ever gonna watch. Like shitting on. And and we were like, I even said on the phone, I go,
2: <laughs> and I said Th- we should be filming this right here.
4: <laughs> well, I said, should we cancel the tour also? Because she was just so negative. I think I know who it was that you talked to. I don't want to say her name because she's so big and powerful that. I don't even remember who you're talking about. I don't even remember
2: the conversation. Yeah, we're in a conference call. Yeah, because
4: Rory, Ray's manager, was being helpful. Is is her mother famous? Uh, Maybe. We can talk, yeah, we can talk after. But (laughs) anyway, so I said, so I said, all right, Ray, let's do it anyway. What the heck? And so then they were going to do, his manager again said, well, we'll get the crew that does taxicab confessions. And they have lipstick cameras. They'll have a crew following you everywhere. They'll change out tapes. It'll be great. And Ray's like, I don't a I don't want to do the movie Tom, but I really don't want to have a crew follow yeah. me
2: around. I wanted to relax. We would just finished filming. I wanted to just get you know. My I had three little kids. My wife was letting me go away for a week. I just want to relax and and play golf. And this guy wants uh, you know so so Michael I, Moore to come with us.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but Michael Moore was a like a twenty year old college student, Roger Lay, who was in a USC directing class that I took. So I I said Roger, do you want to. Go with us on the tour. So we did. He said, You just got to crouch down in the back seat the whole time and not be little seen. A little kid, a little
2: like, he looks like Topo Gido. Yeah, he's, Okay,
4: Ray, action. <Well, laughs>
2: by the way, he's a great kid. Great kid. Yeah, he's. Great, a, great, I, he was supposed yeah. to come. I don't know where he
4: is. Yeah, and um, he, and, he, and he, he did a great job. He yeah. loves your podcast, though. So yeah. he was like, uh, so anyway, so we, sh- we, we shoot it. And, you know, the end of the story is we shoot it, we set up an edit bay, we edit it. Three years later, we have a big screening, HBO comes, HBO pays a decent amount of money to air it for three years. So the person HBO said, never, do not think this movie is a waste of time, they end up buying the movie. Mm -hmm. And so in in between then, and I guess the the point is here, you think from the outside. Rage said make a movie, so it was made and then it happened. Still, there's always that obstacle in the way of like, it's so hard to get stuff done especially in Hollywood, where there's always an agent or somebody who's saying, don't do it. It's a waste of... Way. How are you going to... Sell? You know, it's amazing. Well,
2: look at the the last TV show I did, The Men of a Certain Age. No, I wanted nothing more than for that to keep going, and sorry. That was, was a good <laughs> show. Yeah. Too. It
1: was a good show. I had a, I had I had a friend who wrote on that show, and it just... Uh, it, who? Who? Uh, Mark.
2: Stegman? Yeah, Stegman. Oh, yeah. I love him. Yeah, yeah really funny guy. guy. Yeah, and yeah. His,
1: his wife Kit is hilarious yeah, too. Yeah, like they're yeah, just, they're yeah. funny, a funny couple, but not in the like, look, we're a comedian. Like just, yeah. just funny, just funny people. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. No. Well, but- he, he, I, I just thought of a Seinfeld
4: uh, story. Because did you ever see Comedian? Seinfeld's yeah, of course. Comedian? Okay, so great movie. If you're, if you're into stand up, that's a great movie for seeing because there you see how laborious it is and just how unglamorous it is o- ours is a much more fun road tour like you're out of the clubs and stuff but you also see kind of the grind of it yeah but when we were shooting our movie the guy one of the producers gary Striner, is his name he was we were in the comedy cellar and there's a scene in the movie where ray's talking to seinfeld I, i'm in the booth also mm-hmm. and in seinfeld's movie seinfeld's yeah. movie comedian we're yeah. sitting there in this booth for a long time and I became friends. Not, with,
2: so you know it's not Poland.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> they had a booth. Because we So By that the way, automatically
4: this I know. Honestly, <laughs> That's geotags. That's the second callback and it's 45 minutes. It still worked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in when you're writing a Raymond script you'd be like I don't know if that callback's going to work because the audience yeah, yeah. 12 minutes later it's and whatever. So that's an awesome. Right,
1: right. They, uh, they actually don't Understand who shot Abraham Lincoln in Poland? In Poland yeah. yeah. Well,
4: it's weird when yeah. you say Poland is a punchline already when you're there, because you're like, it's the Polish version. of John Wilkes, who? Yeah. yeah, yeah Sorry, yeah.
1: I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Ski.
2: It well, it doesn't translate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: So the, so the, uh, the, um, the guy from Seinfeld. He said, I became friends with him, and he, they shot 600 hours, and I was saying to him, "Tell us your mistake." They were like a year ahead of us. Yeah. So I said, "Tell us your mistakes," and he said, "The one thing that he did, which was really helpful," he said. You gotta screen it for as big an audience as possible, as often as possible. Because when they sold Comedian, I guess Miramax wanted them to um, screen it for an audience. So they, you know, Jerry's like, why do we have to screen it, I guess? and they finally convinced him to screen They screened it at Hoboken, 300 people, 10% of the audience walked out, he said, and they had this sinking feeling like there's certain scenes that people are really bored by. So they had to k- kind of go back in and cut out some of the boring stuff and add the funny part because that's what you're, you're, you're expecting funny when you see a Jerry movie. And he said, one of the guy there were comment cards, and one of the comment cards was, you think this is entertainment? Give me 10 bucks and I'll kick you in the balls. Wow. And so Yeah, <laughs> and so... I don't know. I don't that, know why that's the that alternative. it was Jim Norton. <laughs> 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 he, just he meant it as a compliment. Yeah, yeah. That's a compliment. Yeah. Well, uh, it's interesting because we we said like Ray and I were like, all right, let's cut out anything self-aggrandizing. Let's punish the audiences in the testing. So we tested the we tested the movie. The first version we showed was two hours. What you saw is seventy-seven minutes, and mm-hmm. we shot a hundred and thirty hours. And it was such a lesson for, you know, right, you wa-
2: but, uh, before you go through, we should also say. Comedian ended up being a great movie. Well, I love Comedian. Okay. Yeah. That's so that, that, that that an amazing movie.
4: That was the process. Well, the, the crea- yeah. yeah, the pre- the process of you, if you're doing comedy, which you guys are without knowing it with those two <laughs> earpieces, you know, <laughs> if you're doing comedy, like you, it's that black box technology, which, and you learn that when you're doing a, f- a four-camera sitcom. The audience tells you there, there is no more debate. The audience either laughs or doesn't laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, So you, you know that as a stand-up. There is no like, I'm gonna argue about how good that joke is. Well, there is no argument anymore. As opposed to if you're doing mm. a drama, you can have a debate forever about and neither of you is right or wrong. It's like, okay, well, it's the absence of laughter is your you know your empirical, but I also
1: love i i i i felt I felt empathy, but loved the moment when you're doing the corporate gig and destroyed you you fucking destroyed. And still, there was a human. Re- and you're—I would consider you one of the cleaner yeah. comics in the world. You yeah. know, like I—I I, I remember seeing you at the Improv like maybe eight or nine years ago, and doubled over in laughter because you were do- what you as a cynical young comic. You made me laugh with jokes about your kids and your family, and uh. it, the joke was uh, that uh, I think it was just about how the your kid can just repeat the word ladle over and oh, over yeah, and over yeah, again, yeah, entertain himself. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and and, and so to me seeing this human resources person say like, you know, you mentioned oral sex and you're like, but I, but the, 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 that got the biggest laugh. It got a huge laugh. And then, and she was doing that sort of passive aggressive thing of like, well, it'd really have been great if you didn't do that part, but everything else was fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. And just (laughs) kind of feeling so bad for you because I know when you do a corporate gig, they just feel like, Hey, we're paying you. We fucking own you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was tortured for a while there. If you saw in the I couldn't let it go on the car ride home. It was annoying me
4: because I'm like off of what you're saying. (laughs) What was funny
2: is I couldn't let it go on the car ride home, and you were trying to talk me down, and as soon as you said... The woman, woman, the woman who said you were cute. And I went, whoa, 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 whoa cute. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's just a weird thing as a comedian where in your mind your job is to make people laugh. And then when you do that successfully and someone else goes, oh, uh, you didn't do a, a great job. You're like, but I, what are yeah. you, oh, I'm trying to. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, what, yeah. What, what you're
4: talking about in the movie is what, if you don't know stand up. Corporate gigs pay a ton of money. Tons. Tons of yes. money. So you want to do a corporate... They're also the worst gigs you can possibly do <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes they're amazing. And so they do, in a way, kind of own you. And there's certain comedians that just don't do corporate gigs because they're not going to... you know, They're not going to have Ray's reaction, which is, oh, I hope we're not in trouble here with that one maybe cleanest joke of a dirty joke that you're ever going to hear that right. killed. I'm really sorry. So the, 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 in the corporate world, it's like they have this feeling of like, we own you. And in a way... Yeah, they do because of but, the money.
2: I don't even do people even know when you say corporate gig, they may not even know what you're talking about. Well, right? if a kind co- yeah.
1: like 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 a yeah. like a, you know, a if an, ins- an insurance a- company wants to have a retreat and they have all their
2: employees there and they hire a comedian to come up and entertain. there.
1: But you're company. coming on to their home turf. Yeah. There's a pre-existing uh, S- conference, pre-existing, a con- yeah. but, but, but like a pre-existing structure. Of their of how they behave in their little world, then you don't know what it is, right? And I, and a lot of times they'll come up to you and go, "Oh, you got to make fun of, uh you got to make fun of Ralph, right? Because uh, he's fucking loves it." And then you do, and they're like, "Oh, you shouldn't have made fun of Ralph."
0: Yeah,
2: but I remember, <laughs> in, I remember in this one, the the president of the company was up and dancing before I got on. Yeah, it was he was dancing, and the crowd was going nuts. And I was. by crazy. the way, you
4: so you watching that from the outside, like how anxiety provoking is that? Because I go up in open foray and there's a t- crazy talented singer. It's like the worst case scenario of comedy. You don't want to follow the music. Well, you don't want to follow. By the way, I just I just thought of Ray had to do the inaugural ball for Obama. <laughs> that was the worst gig yeah, I've yeah. ever seen for, <laughs> for stand-up. <laughs> <easy. laughs>
2: Ray killed. Ray killed. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Wait I minute. Mean, worst gig. First of all, it was an honor, so it wasn't the worst gig. Well, who it is was, he? Just was, the president of the United States. Yes, he was. He was. It was the night of the inauguration. It, <laughs> but it was I, the conditions for us for stand-up were not the best. Of course, it was a big ballroom. People standing. Yep. And. A stage is here, stage is there, and they're waiting for, for Beyoncé. Can and, I tell the story?
1: Because I, I, I have to watch it. <laughs> also, technically, the president had just been notarized.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> then what well, was this. The, the, the backstory is we knew Phil had met the president's wife, and the wife points to President Obama and says, he's Raymond. You know, yeah, he's Ray. So, so we know fans. he's a fan they of the fans, show. Yeah. So Ray has to, they request Ray to do it. So for like two it's, weeks. T-
2: it's televised. It's on Channel 7. So, it's on yeah. ABC. Yeah. So,
4: so for two weeks, we're going to comedy clubs, and Ray's working out his material. I'm
2: working on my political, because you know how much, uh, <laughs> uh, how much of a political comedian
4: I am. So so we go down, and now here's the setting. It's a giant ballroom. Everybody's standing, but it's like a conference room. There's no seats. Everybody's standing in a tuxedo.
1: Wall-to-wall wall, Yeah, wall-to-wall PBA In the most Ray, uncomfortable shoes they can be wearing.
4: Yeah, yeah, true. And Ray has to go out, but the stage is behind him, is scrolling the Declaration of Independence, okay, <laughs> as it's, as it's going to go on, he has to follow Sting and Stevie Wonder doing a song. While so Ray now goes out after they do a so, so imagine following who are you following I'm following Sting a okay? oh, dream
1: away Not, yeah. away away later right, you, are weird
4: you hate it when you're like oh, I have to follow a guy who wants ha- the audience too much no I'm doing a superstar legend of rock sure so now Ray has to walk out while he's doing his set <clears throat> there's a performance of like Cirque du Soleil people that are, they're prepping for so there are scantily clad women being hoisted next to Ray on the ends of like the big velvet rope or whatever it is. Yeah. So now raise on stage. So as he's saying so anyway, there's <laughs> a scan <scandalous laughs> class
2: girl on each side of him. Like so, said, so how about that president yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> being raised up halfway through his set. They accidentally raise the curtain on Jay Z, so the whole audience turns, and is like, "Holy shit, there's Jay Z!" <laughs> this is while he's doing stand-up. No, let see here, folks. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so then, so then he has to do this, and they don't mic the audience. So We've, we
2: fixed it in post, though. He
1: actually, did, <laughs> he, actually did very, he actually did very well considering it was just a crazy. Yeah, but you know what? What's so what's so <laughs> fun hard about comedy is. Hey, here's music. You sort of have to pay attention. Hey, look, blinking lights. Hey, there's a famous guy that yeah. you know. Uh, could everyone just listen to me? And it's very important that you listen to all the words because they really, they right. really yeah. are the engine and behind the this thing I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that,
4: that that callback that he did 45 minutes later that works perfectly because everyone's paying attention. Like they, you missed three I words. Wire. I think I
2: kicked the wire out. See that wire? I kind of.
1: Uh, it I now. can still hear you. So everything's still uh, fine. Everything's yeah. fine. Yeah, right, yeah. everything's still fine. The elevators stop though. <laughs> 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 People just start leaping out of the windows. Well, this you know, they also cross.
2: picked me to do the um, Washington Press Correspondence Dinner when Clinton was in, and it was right after the Lewinsky stuff. And it was only year two, maybe of Raymond, or three, three. and uh, no, no political stuff in my act. Nothing, unless. You know, I I can find politics in baby poop. There's there's (laughs) nothing I can do, and I'm saying why they want me. That's why they wanted me. They wanted me because of they were so afraid of putting anybody else in there because of what was going on the the scan the Lewinsky stuff. And I thought, oh, but I got to go up and and do my uh, hey marriage. And no, no, they want it, and it it actually went really well. And when you watch on C-SPAN, it's weird because the audience is at mic, so it doesn't sound, but, but in the room it went really well. This is one of the, there's a lot of surreal moments in my life. I have a, like the top five, and, and easily in the top five is afterwards is Henry Kissinger coming over and saying, <laughs> very funny. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But the next day I got shit in the, uh, uh, on the internet uh, about not being political, because that and and, in hindsight i wouldn't I don't think I would do it again because that's that's, that's what, what they the want, thing is. Yeah, yeah,, that's yeah, what yeah, it yeah. is, you they know what I mean, s- yeah. It's a, it's it's tradition. Everybody loves really? Raymond, but
1: yeah. Raymond
3: doesn't love politics. That would be the <laughs> yeah, thing. exactly. Oh, Raymond,
1: I want to tell you we are trying to uh, have this movement to bring booths to Poland. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. It is years from now, this will pay off. Um, I, I think it'd be really, I think it'd be really awesome if they had hired you, thinking like, oh, he's gonna do like family stuff, and then you just become like yeah. the edgiest, like, yeah. hey, smell my cigar, Mister President. Fuck you guys. Like, oh, what happened? <laughs> so how quickly? I'm... How quickly would the career have? Like, do you feel that? Pressure of like, boy, I just say one wrong turn of a word, and then that's it. Oh yeah, well, I feel that every time I go on stage is, uh,
2: yeah, you could. What if I snap? What if I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, uh, that, that that was a nervous night. That was the most probably the most nervous I've ever been. Was going on uh, for the president. Yeah, and for, I mean, yeah. for the
1: uh, having to follow respondents
2: Clinton. Yeah. What are a couple
1: other of your surreal moments?
2: Well, just you know, doing the Tonight Show, doing Johnny Carson.
1: Uh, hosting SNL. Uh, how was the How was How was the Tonight Show? I mean, I, it makes me sad that I will never. As Johnny Carson is one of the people, like many that I idolized, and it, it yeah. there's a weird kind of thing of like, and I'll never get to meet him ever, ever, yeah, ever. It's just yeah. not possible anymore. I never yeah. get to do the Tonight Show.
2: I I got in just under the gun. I got in with uh, he he retired. I did it in November. And he retired in, like, was it May? May or May, yeah, May, 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 the May, following year. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. It, it's mind-blowing because there are two things that I projected. And I did it almost humorously. And one of them was being on The Tonight Show. Before I did stand-up, me and my buddy Bill, I remember we were dr- kind of drunk. And we were in our kitchen. And my older brother was, you know, we I was his younger brother. So he didn't want to deal with me and my drunk friend. And we thought we were funny, and I said to him, Rich, in 10 years, we're going to be on The Tonight Show. We're going to be on The Tonight Show. And he, he said, yeah, okay. I go, any amount of money? Any amount of money? And we bet like $50 that I would be on The Tonight Show in 10 years. And it probably took about 18 years after that. And I think we <laughs> doubled to nothing every year. So I think I saved, <laughs> if, you, if you do the math, I saved $4 million, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but that was one thing and the other one was playing at the Pebble Beach pro am cuz i used to watch it on tv and i was a golf crazy golf fanatic and I and i told my buddy another guy of mine i go i'm going i'm going to play in that pro am he goes yeah there's no way i'll i'll bet you uh i'm going to play and i gave i gave a time like 10 years that i'm going to play in the pro am and i had no idea how and and I, but, but the stipulation is I can play either as the amateur or the pro. So I'm not saying maybe I'm the pro in 10 years. Yeah. And I got to playing it. I mean, those were crazy moments that I got to realize. Well, the Tonight Show was just... I, I, I remember um, the day of the Tonight Show, I had only been doing stand-up six years, which... In, how long have you been doing it? Um, well, full-time for 14 years now. Okay, but so, you know, it doesn't seem... Six years sounds like a lot... But in not high, in stand-up terms. Yeah, in you're only side, just yes, figuring out who you yes, are at that exactly. point. exactly. So I was six years in, and I guess I kind of had my my shit down. But but it, now I can look and say how much better I got after that. But um, I rem- uh, my daughter was, uh, my daughter's 21 now. And she was freaking two years old, and uh, and I remember being in the hotel. I was living in New York, so we were in the hotel, and we were getting ready to go, and I had to go take a shower. And my manager went into my room, I took a shower, and this is the shower I'm going to take before I go on the Tonight Show. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and I'm not going to masturbate. There's no way I'm going to masturbate, even (laughs) though I I probably should (laughs) have, right? But I'm I'm watching, and I can't feel my arm. I'm so uh, wrapped up in this, I started getting numb, and I started to have an anxiety attack in the the shower, remember? (sighs) Calm down. I get out and we get into the limo and I can't, I can't shake it. And I'm like, this is going to be a disaster. This is going to be horrible. And we drove about a block and a half away from the hotel and I, and I'm, I'm freaking out. And I didn't, I, you know, you know your little crib sheet with yeah, your notes. Yes. I left it in the hotel. I go, oh shit, Rory, I left my note. I mean, I knew the set. I'd, I'd done the set a million times, but you still, you want that paper? Yeah. I go, no, 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 stop. And he stopped the car and I ran back to the hotel. For a block, full speed ran ran back, and somehow that that ex, that physical release somehow calmed me down, and I was able to get through it. But I, I was literally close to having a breakdown before getting there. But that was I kind of got into this zone just from that run back and forth, and I was able to do it. And again, it's still when you're there, it goes like that. and You don't remember doing it, um, and it went well. It wasn't it wasn't like one of these. Uh, uh, you can't stop talking about the sets, and he calls you over. But it went really, really well. And Johnny gave me the um, gave me this, you yeah, know, okay. okay. Yeah. And then afterwards, he, I'm in my dressing room, and I get a knock on the dressing room door. And I'm like, how did it go? How did it sound? And Ed comes in first. Oh, that was pretty good stuff, son. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. And oh, thank you, thank you. That felt good. And then, and then it was Johnny, and he said, uh, he shook my hand. and goes. You got to be happy with that. Go, oh, thanks. You got to be real happy with that. I go, oh, thank you so much. And you left. And that was it. That was my whole interaction. Wow. And yeah, it was It was just.
1: But what's so strange. interesting about Johnny is that everyone, even you doing the A-OK to a comedian, everyone knows that means like, oh, that's the thumbs up from the emperor yes. that you just got that anything he said or did was there was like us this sub language of like this means this and this means this and if he said and if he looks you in one eye that yeah, means yeah. this and yeah. so and and he's just probably living his fucking life but everyone's created this whole mythos around how he what what he really means you by know, everything.
2: Drew, Drew Carey did it the week before me and that was supposed to be my spot and uh, a couple of weeks before they said can you do the week after we're, we're doing Drew and I go yeah yeah. And Drew got called over. Oh, he cried.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I remember calling Drew after him and go, you
2: son of a bitch, that was my son. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, Drew. Yeah. Drew's one of the guys that's like, yeah, yeah, I did The Tonight Show on Friday, and by Monday, I had a career. Yes. Had stop. By the way, I, do, do you, I, I happened to be in
4: L.A. when yeah. I was doing Carson. And so we went out the night before, and we, we know each other from playing on the softball team. And we we went out. We we watched Carson say Ray's name. Well,
2: let's say first you're leaving out one fact. We went to and doesn't matter. We went to a strip club. We went to the <laughs> we went to the body shop or whatever. And I remember
4: we were with at, Mike Rowe, me, you, Mike Rowe, a couple of the guys, a couple of the guys. Not
1: not Mike, not Mike Rowe, the dirty jobs guy. There's another writer Mike comedian Rowe in Rice Mike Rowe. Futurama, yeah. it was
4: a standup. up oh, wait, a stand-up.
2: Mike Rowe's got a twins now. you you're 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 outing him.
4: <laughs> yeah. like no one's ever been okay uh, wh- whatever we'll but do anyway. damage control later
2: but anyway um <laughs> and you know we're just trying to pass the tire and my mind off it and there's naked women in front of me but we i say let's get back just to get to the hotel to hear johnny say tomorrow night we got to, uh, oh, that's so awesome. we left we left some pretty good looking naked women
4: well and i remember uh, so i i go back to his room by the way there's 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 Will Torbert our editor right there. Luke. He, just he right. Lo- well he lo- you know I, I got to be honest this podcast for the big publicity campaign for the movie he they like my editor who's 24 year old mm-hmm. graduate in my film he's like you got to do the Nerdist, you know and of course yeah. for for that they're like the nerd well you know there's a weird sure. like so we and this is like a great show for us to do. I think to to be able to have this type of conversation where Ray opens up because the other
0: stuff.
2: Everything I've said, I've said a hundred
0: yeah, times. Yeah, no, not yet. Yeah. Not j- no, there's actually
4: one story he said I've never heard. You know, Ray and I lived together for a year. Um, the story about oh, the I'll bet you betting your friend. I'll be uh, we'll be on the Tonight Show in ten years. I never told you that. You never or, or yeah. I or I tuned out because yeah. it was so boring. Yeah. But the. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, but so he yeah just so without that kind of push I don't know that this would have been on the radar of the publicist
1: sure you know to do it so they're starting to realize like hey you know podcasts are a pretty fun you know good way to but <laughs> the, the the
4: the truth is I think you guys have these dedicated fans who really listen. And when we – like we did the, the morning zoo type of tour, and it's just five – it's terrible. You oh, know I, I, mean?
1: can, I, I, I can see I, – I, just because I know the stare because I've done it before, right. not, not as much as you, Ray, but just watching the hotel room in the documentary when you're doing the call-ins to the radios, right. and it's just like, yes – uh-huh. Oh uh, yeah, uh, you got me there. Well, you know, it, just it,
4: the... it, yeah, in the movie he's in his underwear. and It's like 6 a.m. You have to get up and and do this thing, and they're not really like it's the opposite of this. Hey, uh, hey, there. Ray, you yeah, ever yeah. see uh, Doris uh, yeah. Roberts' boobs? You ever take those out and have a yeah?
1: Oh please, please just kill me. So I <laughs> literally can kill me. It,
4: well, for this I had to. I said to Ray, I said Ray, let's do this. Like it's a fun thing where you can just talk, and there's no and they really are. Students of comedy and stuff, have yeah. good thing. So that you know, and, it, it's, and I said, Is there a you like said, a please wait no. or
2: anything? And no,
1: like, no, of that. Nothing. no nothing, like, nothing, nothing like that. At we, yeah. I got I you around. a warm
3: greeting that <laughs> was got, pretty got good in the well, corner for me. Cause... I thought it was a pretty, oh, oh yeah, better than grapes. You did yeah. come better out better than cantaloupe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I want to, yeah, sure. I, I wanted you, I wanted you to, I, I, I kind of wanted you to explain a little bit more because I think I know what you're talking about. And you referenced it twice in the documentary in 95 Miles ago, but you say, like. Oh, I had one of those mind bets yeah. with myself, where if I finished this puzzle by a certain amount of time, then I wouldn't play golf. So, what is
2: it? Could you as ex- as we speak? Uh, this is on my life. I, I don't want to say bad things, but this is a. I'm swearing to you on my life. As we speak, what time is it? One oh six. I have thirty minutes until my recent mind bet expires. What is it? My kiss, penalty, kiss my a host. penalty expires. No.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah. Right no.
2: now, I, I went golfing two days ago, Yeah. and I said if I break a ninety, ninety, I, I always write on the card what the what the goal, target is, and it was ninety two, and I I was horrible, and the penalty is forty eight hours from the minute I hit my last putt of no TV, no, no golf, no betting on the. I was betting on the. um uh, no, no, the, uh, the, the playoffs. The playoffs. <laughs> I can't on the playoffs. Uh, I can't watch TV in bed. And I can't watch TV in my uh, office. Um, and I was one thirty-five when I walked off the golf course. So soon, I'm going right from here to the golf course. So it's been a time perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
4: seriously am. Um, a bookie jumps into Ray's car as he drives <laughs> to the golf. Ray, course I couldn't
3: light.
1: help but notice it's okay for you to bet again. Bed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you like in game seven?
2: Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I make these mind bets because it. it uh, it keeps me out of trouble. It keeps me, uh, you know, I back in the day I bet too much, uh, real, real money. Oh, okay, yeah, and but that was back before I had money, thank god. Uh, and I found this kind of way to fill the hole, as we say. I'm calling back <laughs> that one, yeah, it is, yeah, fill the hole, call uh, fill that spot in the but booth. it gets crazy because as you see in the movie, I, I got to watch TV in this guy's room because I lost the. The privilege of watching TV in my room um
4: it, it, and, it's because knowing ga- knowing gamblers that that feeling that you get yeah in other words from the outside if you I don't gamble i don't it just doesn't interest me it's just like you know he gets such a charge from gambling and it's obviously not about the money in any way for sure
2: I get the same thing for the mind bets the when I do the well, mind bets on the golf course uh, i'm it's like I got a million dollars on them.
1: But it's interesting that you figured out a way to kind of harness that to and... save
3: my wife's money. <laughs> Norm McDonald talks, it talks is. about that a lot, like uh, like doing weird little bets to get away from betting it, it, big money. It's
4: like an OCD, like controlling your universe type of overall global. I'll tell thing. you the
3: story.
2: I I've limited it to forty eight hours, the penalty, of the loss, because I used to it used to be no parameters on it, and I used to say. You know, if I don't break 100, I can't uh, watch TV until July, you know, whatever. And I would fucking ruin my summer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because you stick to the bet, You have to. Oh,
2: there's no going back. That's what people say. Why don't you just go back on it? I go, no, no, that's not because I, you know, I hold my hand. I swear to God and everything. I go, no, there's no going back. I'm too karma, you know, conscious. Um, And I found I, I wasn't able to watch TV in bed was the was the loss. And by that I meant when I go to sleep. So leaning back on my pillows. So I found a loophole <laughs> that if I lean up in bed, I'm I'm technically I'm not breaking my, my my bet, I promise. But by the way, it sounds like hey, that's great. You know how annoying it is it's midnight and you're laying in bed and you gotta sit up and watch it. You just want to lay back and kick back and help fall asleep. have to sit up and watch the freaking whole show. And then one night I'm like, oh, Christ, this is is torture. And my wife got in bed, and she says, I want to watch The Sopranos. And I go, oh, well... I started thinking, well, this is her doing it. Watch yeah. So technically, I'm just a passenger here. It's so not your I, fault? I was able to lay back and watch the and Go, Oh, this is great. So I'm, I'm laying back watch the soprano. And then 10 minutes later, I turn over and she was asleep. And I had to sit up for the rest <laughs> of the show. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think, you, I think you, you, you should hire an attorney to just find <laughs> loopholes. <laughs> loopholes yeah. Ray, I've, uh, I've been tracking your brain. I yeah. think I found a couple loopholes right, for right. you. Here's what I think we need to do. Dude, since That's then, funny. That's and funny. since
2: then, you know, I, I amend it uh, each time. But since then, I've, I've gotten rid of that. I go like I'll, the next bit. I'll make no sleeping in bed and no loophole of leaning up. You know? <laughs> do you talk about this on stage at all? Do you talk about the mind beds on stage? I never did it on stage, and we never did it in Raymond. We we thought about doing it in Raymond, but there was
4: it was a little bit it was too, too esoteric and too twisty. You know. But
2: we did it in Men of a Certain Age. In Men of a Certain Age my character had a gambling problem and started doing the mind bets. We had one whole episode where he, he screwed his friends up because I've screwed my friends up. I've screwed their vacations up. Um, you know, uh, there'd be times we'd be going to with the writers of Raymond to wherever vacation and, I'd, and I'd, I'd blow a mind bet before I left and I couldn't golf for like three days and I'd tell the guys, Guys, don't bring your clubs.
1: Be, <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: yeah. And they go, "You son of a bitch!"
1: Wait, another mind
4: bet. You, you see in the movie? He's in my bedroom on my bed. Like that's not joyful. Well, what's
1: what's funny is to think about is like you're at the height. You know, like it's it's really you're in the sweet spot of the sitcom. It's season five. You know, you're huge, huge, huge comedy star. Uh, And you're in these crappy hotel rooms in central Florida, sitting in a bathing suit on the floor of this (laughs) shitty hotel. Just like, I just gotta find something on television. Are there any cookies over there? I just want a cookie. Like, it was just such a, it was just such a, a... keeping it real.
4: Yeah, did you, but were you surprised though? Because a lot of people get mad, like, well,
1: what what did you really do? Did you go to clubs and you this or this? Like, that is the life. Like, oh yeah, no, I mean, I just, because I know what it is and and there's no, listen, as, as much as you're like, I'm gonna lead a swanky lifestyle. When i make it when you're performing in central florida you get you know you get the hampton inn or which is fine like it's totally yeah, great, great it's totally yeah. fine but it's not you know it's 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 yeah. definitely and i know it's very cliche to say like yeah it's not really an entertain it's not really uh an extravagant lifestyle it's it's really it's not it's it's not well it's not like a rock like oh there's groupies and then you're in the limo and there's champagne and yeah. all the no, you know. all the, like you just go back to your hotel with cre- creepy green carpet, and you know, and you know, you just try to find some cookies and just to, like make yourself happy we, a little we bit. A,
2: we had a pretty decent hotel room, but just it still was hard. They were that I had they didn't in, believe uh,
1: in your room and watch TV. Well,
4: that's the annoying thing yeah. is like I'm on my bed and I'm enjoying my life, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, what's going on? You know, and it's like I know what that means. That means. He's lost TV privileges, and... <laughs> well, dude, were you surprised when he really does ship his golf clubs back? Like, that's taking it to the nth degree. Yeah, because He's, he says oh, he I can't...
2: golf for the rest of the week. Well I, I carry the clubs around? Yeah, no, no, we, we could have. Yeah,
4: because people are like, he didn't huh. really ship them. I'm like... There is nothing in that. Now, what, what about the water bottle scene where he? I don't know if you know. There, there's a oh scene yeah, yeah, he yeah,
1: a- yeah. But I totally know. He, he, there's a water bottle on the table, and he goes to pick it up, and it's already open, and it's that thing of like the waitress oh. brought it open, right, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so when you find an open bottle, which is so funny because really technically you could just stick your face under a sink and drink out of it, but we've become so protected and like oh, but that might have. Things yeah. in it, and someone else could have put. Well, the
4: paranoia is someone's put angel dust or some crazy <laughs> poisoning. Well, it's just stuck, not, you know. it's, it's, no, it's, not. It's
1: it's it's not. It's not that. It's for just, anybody though. You if don't... you have, if you're predisposed to the, that kind of like you know slight OCD, which I think a lot of comedians have, it's that you find yourself in a situation where you don't have control over something. You don't have control over where that bottle was. You don't know right. where it was, and it's unnerving on a molecular level because you just like. It's not even the reality of what if someone put that in. It's just... That's, I don't know where that. that... Well, you see how pissed he is at me. Like, did you, was yours open?
4: I think, I don't know. How do you not know? Like, how do you not, like, he's mad that I'm not (laughs) microanalyzing that. And then when I leave, by the way, you you, you know, have you, have you, you've edited stuff, right? Sure. Everything is made in the edit room for a documentary. And that edited together so well. And people are like, oh, you plan, you know, like, there's everything that happened in that movie is 100% real, but it's made in editing. You're tweaking those moments. But that was real. The water bottle comes. He gets pissed. I leave. The waitress comes. He sells me out to the wait. to do totally. you know, that? Yeah, he's yeah. like, yeah, my friend here's a little paranoid, so whatever. And so, uh, it, it's funny because he comes. He he does. He he admits it right away as soon as I come back. You know, he's like. uh... So they open the water bottles for you, and the waitress thinks why you're crazy. Why do they do that?
2: Why do they open a the bottle for
4: you? Yeah, they're just trying to help you out. I know, but like you can't. Twi- it is a. It's one of those things that really doesn't need to be done. Is anybody like, hey, why aren't you drinking? I, you know, I couldn't open it. I didn't yeah. have. The time. I don't know. This just has a barrier at the top, yeah. and when I go tip it back, <sighs> yeah. nothing comes My mouth out. It's still dry, and the water's lasting. <sighs> Plus, this that is
1: first is... click is very satisfying. Oh, I'm you curious. Get oh, you're out out getting a, that's a
4: different. By the way, did. There's another scene where Ray we're keep, sitting in the it hotel it keep <laughs> out of room.
1: Keep out of There's
4: another there's another scene where Ray we're sitting there and like go, Ray, don't you want to take like a million dollars? You know we're sitting there, which is one camera by the way and we're swinging back and forth like we're eating the peanuts in the room. Yeah, and you see Ray kind of go click. It's a little callback just to he, see like okay good okay.
1: yeah all right now. We're do you happy. feel like do you feel like uh, as Cause it's interesting because I mean I, I think there's a certain part of comedic neurosis in your act, but I think people would view you as a relatively you know, you seem mm-hmm. kind your your demeanor is kinda of laid back. Right. But do you feel that um you know a lot of the stuff like you said, oh we didn't want to get too esoteric or too do you do you have any desire to really talk about like how deep it goes? Uh at some point. You know, maybe
2: at some in my career.
1: Yeah. Maybe, you know, uh, the next you're talking about on camera. You're talking about. I mean, like, in stand-up, like, exploring those, exploring, like, really getting, or do you think, do you think that people that come to see you are like, how come he doesn't just do jokes about the, you know?
2: Yeah, well, yes, I, my audience, I can, I can push it, I can push it as much as I can, and then there's a certain couple things that my audience isn't expecting from me, and even if it's funny, and, it, and it's funny with you guys, and funny here, I can't do it on stage. And I can probably do more now, you know, as we get farther away from the show and I get older and all that. But, uh, it's like, you know, Brad Garrett, I used to work with, we used to, uh, do Vegas together and they just know him as Robert from the show. Yeah. And let me tell you, he couldn't be further from that in real life. And do you, have you seen him do standup? A phenomenal stand up. Yeah. He's, he's like Don Rickles. He's boom. He's whatever. Yeah. He's politically he pushes the envelope and everything. and, People are taken aback by him because they don't know. They, they they're not ready for that. They see Robert. So um it's not a it's not a burden for me, but um there are there have been a couple times where I've said, Boy, I wish I could do that on stage. That would be funny to do on stage, you know. And maybe, you know, I, I think when you get further away from what they they know you by, you maybe you can. Um I don't. I don't know. We'll find out. I mean, look, I'm running out of material, so I may have to go to the dirty stuff. There are rooms that yeah. you could do actually. If oh, you yeah, if, if you want if you want yeah, to do alternative yeah, rooms, you yeah. could
1: you could do all that stuff. And <laughs> just to just to, just to satisfy that, just That's to satisfy exactly that urge. That's exactly what
2: I did. I was in, when I was in Montreal at the comedy festival. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. What, what, seven years, eight years. Did
1: Peter Kindler's show?
2: Yeah, Kindler had a thing. And I just went to watch, and I said, please don't make me go on. Please don't make me go off. And they And in between one of the acts, he said, you've got you to do five minutes. I go, holy shit. <laughs> so I had to take out my thing and, and think of all the bits that I never could do on stage that I would try to do, and I did them up there. And, and of course, they killed.
1: Yeah, but when you're like, oh, maybe I. Yeah, uh, but then uh, they kill in that environment. Yeah. P.S. There's no yeah. money in alternative comedy, but but then yeah. you know, like maybe it's, it's fun. It's fun. Maybe yeah. it's just it's, maybe yeah. it's just fun. Do you, and yeah. then sort of they kind of tie, wrap it all up. Do you feel like? Do you feel like that getting you know huge amounts of success does that reinforce the neurotic parts, or do you feel like you you know even if you had just been working a regular uh, job, do you think you would have just been? Well,
2: I had a joke for this that I said on Letterman once was. You know, before before all this happened, I I thought my cab driver hated me. And now I think my limo driver hates me. It's kinda kinda relative. It's kinda all relative. But having said that, I don't know, because yeah, I went through some some neurotic uh, semi-heavy shit when I was before before stand up and all that, you know. So I don't know if the I I think the, the good thing, the healthy part about this is it's it's a great outlet it's 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 a passion for me it's being creative uh you know when the show when raymond ended i thought this is gonna be great because i've been doing stand-up for 11 years before the show started and now nine more years of raymond 20 years i've been i've been working every night almost because when before raymond i i used to do stand-up every in manhattan i used to do it every almost every night now i got a little bit of this i got some I'm financially, I'm set. I can just kick back and let's let's see what happens and let me tell you, after three months, I was in therapy two times a week, and not kidding you i it's just um I can't stay idle too much because I catch up with myself you know what I mean yeah. Uh, uh, uh yeah i i I like to work and I need to work to feel to feel right
4: you know what yeah. off of that question about Ray, we were. Uh, years ago, because their thought is, okay, you've made it now. Now is it potential? Because you don't have the normal money struggles anymore where you're like, okay, I have to do this. It's not like, oh, everything is possible, which means it could be a potential devil's workshop, Sure, you know, where you go crazy. But when Ray and I really first bonded for our friendship, was like, uh, I was traveling through upstate New York with a ventriloquist, and I don't like to name drop <laughs> I but. should have. Right away, you know I, I, I I, know. I
1: hope you were also performing and not just... No, no, no. It's just a vacation. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. So, uh,
4: yeah, we're performing bad gigs, and we're doing a road tour, Utica, New York, and then to Berlin, to Vermont, all this stuff. And I call up Ray, because we're going to stop at the Montreal Comedy Festival, and I call up Ray in Queens just because we're friends, and I knew he had been there. So I'm like, Ray, where do you stay? Where do you stay when you're in Montreal? He's like, whatever it was, La Montrose or something. He's like, I don't I'm... Know. He's like, you know, I'll be there at I'll be there at six, you know, and I'm like, what do you mean you'll be there at six? He's like, oh, I'm going to I'm flying there tonight, and so I said, oh, okay, so we meet there. We go to like Jimbo's uh, room. I don't know if you go know Jimbo's room <laughs> in uh, um, Comedy, uh, Comedy Works. Works in Montreal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we meet there. It's me, Ray, John Peasy, this ventriloquist, and we hang out all night long. And then we leave the next day. We go to Burlington, Vermont, the, co- the whatever the club is. Who cares? And. My phone rings in a hotel room and it's Ray calling me cuz we had talked backstage about some neurotic stuff. And Ray was going through this, this kind of tough thing, you know, psycho- psychologically, and he, it's tough cuz you got to open up to somebody. And we had gone through this kind of same type of thing and so we started talking a lot about that and I'm thinking, okay, here's a guy, he just had twins. You're on a stand-up salary, which, you know, there's unknown, like, oh, please sure. let me have some gigs, yeah. you know, that are that are decent. And like, uh, it, it, it was a tough, trying time. I thought, okay, that has nothing to do with being famous. That Like, that has no bearing on... So I think the potential for any anxiety or any breakdown or anything like that is always there with any of us, you know? And I think it's with uh, the end of Raymond, that story he you told, you're getting done with such a creative output you know it's like when you do a show and it's done it's like you're like all right i have free time or whatever i think unless you're occupied and have something to focus on it's just such a trap especially when you're that's why i, wor- I think that i
1: think that's kind of why i work seven days a week well i don't you, like i don't i hate free time i took a two-week vacation and i I went a little crazy halfway through yeah. i'm like i i don't feel connected i'm not doing anything what yeah. am i supposed to do with my hands like yeah, I why, just, am yeah. I, why am i here Yeah, why exactly. Yeah. it's all well, shit it's all shit <laughs> <laughs> but the creative
4: <clears throat> juices it keeps you focused you know yeah. it's like just it's it's you know it's a good thing that you found something or you know and it's torture
2: by the way right like i want to write a screenplay I can
1: torture writing, man. I hate it. <laughs> but it's, it's, well, that, yeah. that kind of thing, too, is a very specific kind of writing. It's not like, yeah. oh, I'll just sit down, I'll write some jokes, uh, you know, that I, yeah, I, I yeah. can get out whenever I want. It, 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 write, joke writing for stand up feels very much like s- performing stand up versus other types of things which have a very
4: specific structure like
1: you can take hard left and right turns with stand up
4: when you have you when ray and i ray and i wrote the season finale the first year of raymond and we're used to just writing jokes just what you said it's fun and like oh what about this all right i'll do that bit and you're done and now you do it that night that was the first
2: script we wrote was the season finale of season one of raymond we wrote it together it was the first time i told phil and i told the writers i'm going to take this one with tom and we We, looked at that blank page we i'm not kidding remember there was one time brad garrett was in the kitchen the character we had to get him out of the kitchen. <laughs> and it took like eight hours to figure out
0: how to get him out of the kitchen.
4: <laughs> well, we went it's called Why Are We Here and we went into the, that was the name room, of the show. I, yeah. yeah, Why Are We Here it was that episode, the finale. And you kind of uh, from the outside, it's just like you're hosting a show, people, are like, I could host a show. It's it's there's all this stuff that when you endow with your imagination, like many people I could write a Raymond script. Is you know, Ray comes in, he fights with his wife, and that's it. It's like until you're sitting down there yes. and fo- and it's such hard work to write. I mean it's literally but by the way but
2: even but let's let's give it it's uh, fair shake. It's also great when you write and you and you get something and you accomplish something. Yeah. That's a great feeling too. So I mean it, I I say it's torture but uh, it's a torture that you, you love to go well, through. Well, you get you know? a spark
4: yeah. of an idea to write the script, and that's like, oh, this is funny now for, like, I've enjoyed and then that it's the Then it's all yeah. the details. it's all the work. details. And then during the process of a multicam sitcom, like, even rehearsal, you're like, oh, day three, this is the least funny shit ever written. Absolutely the worst script ever written. Then the live audience comes in two days later, and then it comes alive again, right. and you're like, so it's all these emotions Well, up I think Well,
1: I think that's where the stand-up, uh, I think that's sort of where the stand-up gene kicks in is at a certain point... You know, because you're being forced into this, it, you have you had this, like, well, you got to do a show either way, so you can fucking figure it out or you know or you just have to figure it out. Right. You know that you or at least you hope that you develop this faith in yourself, of like I don't know what I'm gonna say when the time comes, but I've done this enough. Something is gonna kick into gear, and my brain's gonna figure it out when the time comes. but
4: that's the argument for that's a great point. That's like the argument for using stand. I'm not trying to tell anyone on stand-ups because obviously it worked out in Ray's case, but when you see a stand-up being put into a situation, you know the guy's gonna fall back in his instincts and at least have survival instincts of we'll right. make it funny. Right. You know, so in those situations, like when you have Ray who when we were doing the show, you could walk up to Ray with a joke and while we're filming and he would he would be like, Okay, instantly, and then say it now, you know, three minutes later in front of the live audience and kill with the joke. Like that skill, that inherent timing is is priceless. I, I honestly don't know why more stand-ups don't get shows. Or so you just go. Okay. Well, they do.
2: They get. They get.
4: But there's only a handful that have become. Well, because
2: there's also there's other ingredients though. You know, you, you they have to have a certain persona. Also, they have to. Well, you have to have act. Yeah, You have to be able to yeah. act.
4: <laughs> there's, there's well, a lot. Yeah. Well, we know it's all the magic, yeah. lightning in a bottle. Like this has to believe the president right. the network has to believe in you. Then you yeah. have to have a good showrunner. All this shit has to happen.
1: Well, it was an absolute honor to have you on. Uh, nice. Thank you so much for coming thank on, you. Tom and Ray. And 95 Miles to Go is is, is, is the movie which, uh, which you can get on iTunes and and uh, can you, you get on
4: iTunes? You can't, not yet. It, okay. The DVD just came out. The DVD just came out. So, came out, so w- w- it's got two
1: and a half hours of special features. So on where it? should people go to get the DVD?
4: I don't know. Okay. No, I, Go Amazon,
1: to the Amazon, Target, any place. Okay, cool. Yeah. Any nice. place physical. Thanks, guys. Thanks, it was, was fun. Awesome. It was a pleasure.
2: I got 10 minutes and my mind bet's over. I got yes, to get to the quick. <laughs> get him out
1: of here before the next mind bet. Yeah, All right. Thank you, it. man.
2: Fix it and post.
0: Now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.
1: This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by GoToMyPC. Go to My PC. go to gotomypc.com, click the try-it-free button and enter the promo code Nerdist.
0: Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer land. There's
3: no crime in Pura.